We are currently in a series where we are talking about ordinary people with an extraordinary God. And so we're looking at some of the biblical characters, characters that we may be familiar with, maybe some of them we've heard about growing up, maybe we've seen cartoons or we've read stories, uh, and we're aware of uh, some of these people, Bible characters. Uh, and, and we're recognizing and realizing that each one of them is an ordinary person who has an extraordinary God, and that's why they've been able to do what they do. And We may think that when it comes to doing something for God or doing something that glorifies him, doing something remarkable, then uh, why God might choose you, and you might think, why would God do that? Why would God ask for me to do something for him? And as we turn the pages of Scripture, story after story, character after character, gives us that question, why not? Every character we admire in Scripture is an ordinary person choosing to serve an extraordinary God. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 27, familiar verse to many of us, says, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. It's a strange verse, but it helps us to understand how God's mind and God's heart is the other way around than that which we often experience in the world and in the culture, particularly the culture in which we live. So God, uh, I believe, would want to say to you today, why not you? Why not you do something that will honor him and glorify him? Uh, and we want to be inspired through these stories to seek to serve the Lord faithfully with humility, obedience, and faith. And we will do great things. And they may not look like the most impressive thing you've ever seen or the most uh, publicized thing. But when God does something in our lives, in or through us, it is a great thing. Amen? So we want to be ready to see what God would want us to do. We have a bit of a funny, I don't know if you'd call it a tradition. I don't know if it's a tradition yet, but it's a funny thing in our house. Uh, And you may have a similar thing where we sort of say there's going to be a prize for the person who finds the last remaining Christmas decoration that has been left up in the house. Anybody else have something like that? Because we realize that there's so much stuff that goes up in the house around the Christmas period, right? Uh, all the decorations, everything that goes on the tree and everything. And um, realistically, something gets forgotten when it all goes in the box to go back in the attic, Yes. Uh, is it just our family? That's oh, just our family. No, nobody else. Okay. Well, in our family, we're not very good at clearing up for ourselves, clearly. So there's a little bit of... Uh, speak for speak for myself. Um, I won't speak for anybody else. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so we have this little bit of fun where we're like, whoever finds the... Like, I found the last Christmas decoration. And um, a few months ago, one of the children thought they had found the last Christmas decoration. However, I just quietly smiled to myself because I knew that one Christmas decoration had stayed right smack bang in the middle of our lounge. And the children hadn't realized it was a Christmas decoration. This is a little porcelain, you know, um, I think it's a willow tree. I think that's the brand. Other brands are available, as I said about other things. We're not advertising here. Um, but this is a nice little uh, sort of uh, Christmas tree decoration. One of those Christmas tree decorations that's too heavy for the Christmas tree, so you have to hang it on the wall. And it's, so it's been sat there 
right behind the telly. So they're looking at it every day. And so I revealed uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, well, actually, I found the last Christmas decoration. It's there on the wall. And we are speaking. It's Father's Day today. And we are speaking. Uh, there's no quiz. I know some of you came just for the quiz to, to try and work out who the character was. But I don't really want that to become a thing. I don't want everybody who speaks in this series to feel that they have to do that. And I don't want you know, people to you know, like, be worried if they can't work out who it is and feel like they don't know their Bibles well enough. The thing is, today there's no quiz. Um, and today we are talking about Joseph, husband of Mary, and father, in inverted commas, of Jesus of Nazareth. This seems like a strange person to talk. Maybe I should have saved this one for about six months from now when we'll be in our sort of last week leading up to Christmas, uh, and it would be a more appropriate theme then. But in our church, we believe, sorry for the cheesiness of this, but we believe that Christ is for life, not just for Christmas. So we can talk about the incarnation, we can talk about the nativity, we can talk about Jesus uh, as a baby any time of the year, amen? And what it means for us. As we think about fatherhood today, we are considering possibly, I mean this has got to be one of the most remarkable fathering tasks that has ever been given to anybody in history. Parenting comes with its challenges. And wonderful joys. And I think Joseph experienced both of those. But this was a very unique and challenging fathering task. Joseph was a chippy. Who knows what a chippy, chippy is? No? It's a carpenter. Yes, well done. A chippy. So Joseph was a carpenter from Nazareth. And this everyday tradesman was tasked with being a father, a dad to the Messiah. I mean, it's just too much to take in. But it's an example of an ordinary person with an extraordinary God. Let's read from Matthew and chapter 1, starting in verse 20. If the words are clear enough for you, feel free to read along. If you can't, then that's not a problem. Let's read this together. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for this absolutely incredible history-shaping, changing, eternity causing thing which took place in this world around 2,000 and something years ago. Amen. What? What? You're telling me? This is me speaking in the third, this is me, me, you know, entering into the character of Joseph for a moment. You're telling me you want me To actually marry this girl who has got herself pregnant. We've been engaged and she's now pregnant. And you want me to carry on and marry her. This was a significant ask. I mean, in the day and age that they were in, 
all the cultural norms and the cultural stereotypes and the cultural things that surrounded this situation were very complex. And Joseph had an angelic visitation-sized task. I think if God is going to ask you to do a task like this, then he's going to have to make it very clear, right? And so for Joseph, his task was made very clear. That which he was being asked to do was unique and it was huge. And I wonder if anybody would be able to do such a task. Maybe there are some, maybe there are other biblical stories, maybe there are other stories you've heard where people have carried out incredible things without an angelic dream or an angelic visitation, just a sense that God is leading them and speaking to them. But I don't know if I would have been able to begin thinking about doing what Joseph did if I hadn't have had an angelic-sized guidance showing me and telling me what to do. He was already shown to be a good man, even before the visit of the angel, and we'll touch on that in a moment. But even after the angelic visitation, Joseph still had choices to make. Uh, The angel had visited him in a dream. Now, I think Joseph, I'm speculating, but I think Joseph could have woken up from that dream and gone, well, that was, that was a weird dream. That was a weird dream. But he believed that God had spoken to him. He believed that the angel had spoken to him in that way and that he should carry on and faithfully fulfill the task to which he had been, that he had been given. If we go up a couple of verses, this, it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, and then the story continues... He had a dream in which the angel visited him and spoke to him. What you need to understand is that if you were engaged in that day and in that culture, you were essentially married. You were, because we read that, and this is an example of how when we read things through, we're filtered through our our Western minds or our our minds that that see the world in the, the way that we've been shaped We read this and we think, well, hang on, they were only engaged. They could have just called the wedding off and it would have been fine. But we have to understand that in their day and age, to be betrothed, to be engaged, was you were were committed for life. You were essentially married. It was just that the consummation and the ceremony of the actual marriage were yet to come and were going to follow on later. So they were legally married and she was found to be with child. So Joseph... It's got this dilemma. I want to honor the law. I want to do what is right by God. We know this is not the way round that things are supposed to happen. And so I'm just going to do this gently and quietly. I don't want to disgrace her because he's a good man. So he's already proven to be caring and honorable before the angelic dream had happened. And we were actually, funnily enough, uh, with uh, Louise having no idea of what I was speaking about this morning, we were discussing this yesterday as we walked the dogs. And we were talking about... Um, the, 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 the task and the challenge. That, and, and we can only speculate that, that God just knew the hearts of Mary and Joseph and had prepared the ground in their lives to be able to carry out and fulfill this unique task. So we see evidence of the good and godly heart in Joseph that we can all aspire to. When God 
gives us a task. We want to fulfill it. Now, here's one probably for some of the younger. Does anybody know who this guy is? Does anybody, any, anybody recognize him? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah? So we might recognize him. Maybe we don't know his name. Well, if you are somebody who is uh, prone to scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or uh, other social media reels um, type uh, apps, then you'll probably recognize this uh, guy. He's called Carby, and he became, basically became TikTok famous or Insta famous, I think they call it, because he would... See, like, you know those, some of those life hack videos where they show you something or, or, or some great mystery. Is a, and, and he would, like, just, like, really simplify it and be like, what's the big deal? Uh, and, he, and he became massive. And, and so he's had millions and millions of followers. And, um, and, and, and the reason I'm showing you him is because he is considered a social media influencer. This might be something that you've never heard of. But these social media influencers now are enormous. And they can command enormous amount of money for endorsing products. They are basically the new... They're, they're a new kind of celebrity. And so they, are, they can uh, influence... The, the kind of direction that fashion goes in. They can influence what products people think are important. Who remembers the absolutely ridiculous craze for a certain drink a few months ago that was absolutely extortionately priced and was just the same as any other energy drink on the market? Why? Because of those that were social media influencers. They have an influence on society. Do you understand what I mean now by a social media influencer? People with enough celebrity credibility or authority on social media to affect behavior, e.g. getting people to buy something, this influence is often sold uh, to advertisers. That comes from the online advertisingguide.com. Why am I telling you all this? Joseph was not an influencer. Joseph was not considered the kind of person that should be doing anything remarkable for God. He's not the kind of person that would have been looked at and thought, yeah, that's somebody I want to be like. Joseph was a humble tradesman from Nazareth. Nazareth was not the most respected place. And uh, in John 6, we read this. Jesus is talking and he says for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day at this the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said I am the bread that came down from heaven they said is this not Jesus the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know how can he now say I came down from heaven they were basically saying who do you think you are you may be familiar with this. It's another TV series on the BBC where people uh, dig into their family tree and they find out things about their history. And it's always, they always seem to uncover something like, and they're like, I can't believe that was in my history. Um, we, it's amazing how much we don't know about our family lines. If you actually think, I, I, was, I was tasked with uh, one time trying to, you know, name my I couldn't even name my great-grandparents. How many people in the room can name your great-grandparents? 
Right. See? We don't, isn't it amazing how little we know about our family lines? Well, Joseph would have been a little bit more aware, um, but he had no idea how significant his role was going to be. His journey to Bethlehem, you remember in the Nativity story, when they have to go to Bethlehem to, to take the census and they end up not being able to find a room to stay in. Um, most of us are probably familiar with that story. The reason he had to make that journey to Bethlehem was because he was from David's line. And when the angel speaks to him, he, he just refers to him as son of David. Now, Joseph, his dad wasn't called David. <laughs> if, if somebody was to, to say, Joel, the son of George, which was my grandfather, I would have to correct them. And I would say, no, 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 my dad's called Harry. I'm not, I, I'm that, you've got the wrong guy. You, you probably mean my dad. He's the son of George. Um, but what this, what the reason that uh, uh, Joseph in this context is referred to as son of David or um, from David's line is because the Messiah had to be born of David's line. The Messiah had to come through David. And without looking at it in detail, there's a little bit of a family line that takes place here that goes all the way from Abraham down to Jesus Christ. And last week we read about Ruth. And one of the verses we read was Matthew 1, which is a genealogy of Jesus. Just mention it with a couple of other verses today. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, dot, dot, dot. Because then it goes down a few more people. And then we get Boaz, who was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, who we talked about last week. Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse uh, the father of David. And then we've got another ten verses to jump down before we get to the point where it says, um, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Joseph was from the line of David, but so were very many people. That line of David was, 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 was vast. Many people came from that line. And I believe that the family line which we get given in this, that genealogy, I think it deliberately, this is my opinion, I think God has deliberately, when in, in, in inspiring and, and the bringing together of the Bible, deliberately allowed there to be some problematic people in that family line. Some people that wouldn't usually have been mentioned in a family line. People that you wouldn't necessarily want to identify yourself with. I do remember when I was researching my family, finding out something quite troubling about one, one of my ancestors and you, you kind of you, you don't want to know it you don't want to hear it you don't want to realize certain things about your family line and most of us don't know uh, don't know enough about our family lines to 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 be uh, aware of this but I think that God is at work in every family line wanting to redeem that line and to bring hope and life and freedom whatever the pastors look like and church that includes your family line today so whatever has gone on in, the, in your past, whatever's gone on in the past of your family, and there may be some really wonderful things to celebrate, there probably are, but there may be also some things that uh, you wouldn't want to draw attention to. But I believe God has deliberately given us these people who came through something in order to show us how redemption works. In order for there to be redemption, there has to be something to be redeemed. Amen? Let's get back to the subject of Nazareth. Uh, in John chapter 1, 
Jesus is calling his disciples, and it says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Now, I don't want to speculate in your mind where you think of when you think, could anything good come from there? No, thank you, John. I'm from Devon. He's allowed to make that joke. It's okay. If anybody else is from Devon, please don't be offended. It's just that he's from a bordering county, an inferior bordering county. So, no. But I think you still do scones the right way. Let's not start that discussion now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where, what comes to you, and I don't want to speculate about that, but people asked, Nazareth was that kind of place where you think, can anything good possibly come from there? And so they pe- the people asked whether anything good could. And here's the real reality and the truth. The salvation of all mankind came from Jesus of Nazareth. This is the way that God works. Things which don't look like they should be the place, you know, it's, it's the place where nothing good should come from. And it's the place that salvation comes for all the earth. So you may look at your life or you may look at your family line or you look at where you live or you look at your circumstances and you go, how can anything good come from my life? God says that is the person I am going to work through. I will work with the, the foolish and the weak things of this world. Those who are humble, I will lift up. Those who are proud, I am against. He opposes the proud and lifts up the humble. I'll leave that there. Salvation for all humankind came through Jesus of Nazareth. You might have thought or been told that you are good for nothing. But that was not God's voice in your ear. God wants you to know that you have a purpose and a plan in him and through him. And as you walk with him and obey him and, and, and live in his ways, you will do amazing things. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Oh, sorry. That's a mistake. <laughs> I was just reading on. Joseph chose to be obedient to the task. I don't know how that stayed in there. My apologies. That, that God had given him. This is the one I meant. Matthew 1. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So Joseph chose to obey the task. And we might think that because he'd had an angelic dream, it was easy for him. But the responsibility that Joseph had been given was literally an almighty responsibility to look after, to love, to tend, to provide for the Messiah, God's only begotten Son, Jesus. I'm sure that having Jesus as a son had its positives. After all, we know that he never sinned. Anybody remember being a teenager? <laughs> Anybody remember being an adult for that, for that matter? 
I don't know what that looked like. I, I've got no concept of what it looked like for, G, for Jesus to have been a child and a young person and to have never sinned. But I think there was also enormous challenge and responsibility that came with this. And it's easy for us to forget how great the difficulties that we read about were that they faced because we read the nativity story, but then we don't read much of what comes straight after it. Uh, I think maybe uh, from, from uh, Boxing Day and New Year's onwards, we should uh, do a little bit more for carrying on with the story. Matthew 2, if you carry on, tells us this. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during, uh, during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Very difficult. Joseph took responsibility for his family and he took that guidance from God seriously no matter how challenging it was. And to up and leave and to go and settle and spend time and stay in another culture, in a a foreign land, in a difficult setting, very challenging. Easy for us to forget how challenging that would have been. But his faithfulness and God's faithfulness were being weaved together to bring about the story of redemption. The challenge for us is to be faithful to God with what he gives us. And he may not have given you an angelic dream. He may not have given you uh, enormous material blessing. But what he has given into your hand, you can be faithful with it and he will do amazing things with it. Amen? As you trust him, as you put your faith in him. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets when he, uh, that he would be called a Nazarene. He had to be exiled to Egypt. He had to be, uh, become a Nazarene in order for the scriptures to be fulfilled. I don't think Joseph was, was thinking, I must go to Egypt because that verse says that the, the Messiah will come out of Egypt. I think he was just obeying what God was saying to him at the time. And then we get to see the privilege of how that was the unfolding of prophecy and what that means uh, for us and for, for, for the, the bigger story of redemption. God fulfilled his plan through Joseph's educated decisions as well as his divine instruction. And I found this really interesting. I don't know if this is an aside or not. I found it really interesting that God spoke in dreams to a man named Joseph to fulfill his greater purposes and bring about redemption of his people. And if you want to know what I'm talking about or why I find that interesting, see Genesis 37 through to about Genesis 50, I think, which is Joseph and the story of Joseph the dreamer. God doesn't tend to do things in the way we expect. If you look at the story of Joseph the dreamer, we see another person who was exiled and found himself in a foreign land, found himself bringing about the redemption and the provision for all of God's people. Amazing how God works. And Joseph, what, God int- what, what the enemy int- 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 intends for harm, God intends for good. 
Whatever you're dealing with at the moment that you think is the enemy getting at you, take it as the reality that God wants to work an even better thing than what the enemy is trying to do. God will turn it around, God will use it, and God will glorify his name through you if we remain faithful to him. Yes? Amen. Just drawing towards an end. God working as we wouldn't expect reminds me of a song which was on an album that I had um, years ago. Um, and I don't really uh, come across this song very much, but I've sung it once or twice just because it really affected me. Uh, and it's a song from the perspective of Joseph. And the lyrics say this, Joseph knew the reason love had to reach so far. And as he held the Savior in his arms, he must have thought, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? Why here inside this stable full, filled with hay? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl talking about Mary. And he says, I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say. But this is such a strange way to save the world. It's speculative. It's poetic. But I do think Joseph would have been saying, why me? And I think God looked at him and said, why not? So whatever it is that you feel God has placed on your heart, whatever the dream is, whatever you feel God has spoken, you might think, why me? This would be a very strange way for God to do something. Well, there are some precedents that have been set where God doesn't do things as we expect. So don't rule yourself out because you're not a social media influencer. Don't rule yourself out because you haven't got 9.1 million followers watching your videos. Don't rule yourself out because of complications in your family line. Don't rule yourself out because things are tough right now. Joseph wasn't a social media influencer. He had complications. And things got really tough. But God was at work. Do understand that you are part of God's bigger picture. Part of God's bigger plan. That he's at work. He's weaving his purpose and his plan together. Do accept the fatherhood of God. Let him be your guide. Let him be your provider. He is a perfect father. Not one of us earthly fathers is or can ever claim to be perfect, but he is perfect. And do accept God's call, no matter how challenging it may be. We're going to pray in a moment, but it might be that today, for the first time, you've never realized that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus is the King of Kings, and it may be an opportunity that where you say, I want to actually give my life to following him. Maybe you've even been to church many times, but you've never come through that, uh, that decision-making process of saying, yes, I want to leave my old life behind, and I want to walk into a new life with Jesus as my Lord. I want to know that he's living in my heart by his spirit, and I want to know that my eternal life is secure in him. And I'm just going to ask people to close their eyes and to the visuals to ensure that the camera's not... Uh, pointing on anyone in the room, just in case there's anybody in the room that does want to make a decision to begin following Jesus today and to say, yes, Jesus is my Lord and I want to follow him. If there's anybody in the room that's never done that, 
and wants to do that today, please just, while eyes are closed, just raise your hand um, and uh, just so I can see it and I can acknowledge and I can, we can pray with you then. Um, won't single you out or embarrass you, but we would love to pray with you and help you and, and, and enable you to, to have that, begin that journey of walking with Jesus. Okay, there's nobody in the room and that's completely fine. If, you, if there's something that you'd like to talk about more, then please do speak with me or someone else uh, from the leadership team or whoever brought you to church today. And if you're watching online, don't hesitate to email or to get in touch in some way so that we can help you uh, begin that journey of following Jesus. So I'm going to pray now for some specific areas. You can keep your eyes closed if it's helpful for you. First of all, I want to pray for you if you want God to speak to you afresh about his plans. I think this could be many of us today. Maybe you're at a bit of a transition time and you really need to hear the voice of God clearly. And you look at that story and you go, it's all right for Joseph, he had a dream. (laughs) Well, you know what? God can give you a dream. Well, God can speak to you in very many different ways. He can speak to you through creation, through his word. He can speak to you in your own heart and mind. But if that's you today and you know that you would like God to speak to you afresh about his plans, I just want to encourage you to open up your hands in front of you, just in a posture of willingness and readiness to receive. And I'm just going to pray, Lord, would you please speak to us, show us Reveal to us the path that you want us to take, the doors that you want us to walk through, the things that you want us to do, the things that you want us to say. Lord, we want to be those who are led by you. So God, would you please speak to us afresh about your plans today. Amen. I want to pray for those this morning who need a fresh revelation of God as your perfect father. Maybe you haven't had the best picture of an earthly father. Maybe you've had a difficult relationship maybe you've lost maybe you didn't have uh, a father figure in your life if you know today that you need a, a fresh revelation of God as your heavenly father I just invite you in the quietness of this moment as I pray to ask him for yourself in your own heart and in your own mind loving heavenly father would you show those who need a touch in their hearts and their minds, of the realization of, of, of what, it, what it is to have a perfect Heavenly Father. Lord, would you show it to us? Let us not just know it, let us feel it, Lord. The embrace of the Heavenly Father, knowing that you are with us, that you are for us, and that we are secure in you. And finally, I want to pray for you if things are tough. There's a battle. It's difficult right now. And, but you want to be obedient to God's call. You know that he has called you to live a certain way or to do a certain thing. And the challenge is coming to make it difficult. Well, the victory is in the overcoming of those challenges. So... If that is you this morning and you want to acknowledge that things are tough, but say you want to be obedient to God's call, I just want you to be brave enough whilst eyes are closed to just raise your hand, not to me, but just up to God, just to acknowledge it and say, God, I need you. God, I need your strength. So if that's you this morning, things are tough, and, but you want to be obedient to God's call, raise your hand up in the air.
Nobody else is looking, hopefully. I'm just saying, God, oh God, this is, this is hard. Lord, I am finding this difficult. Let's be honest. He, knew, he knows already what's in your heart and your mind. But God, I'm putting my hand up now because I want to say that I trust you. Because I want to say that I know that you are good. Because I want to say, Lord, help me to be obedient to your call on my life. To be who you want me to be. And to fulfill that task that you've given me. So Lord, I ask you would strengthen me today. And enable me to overcome these challenges. Lord, help me to pray. Help me to get on my knees and find you in the middle of this season. So that when I come through this challenge, I'm stronger than I was before I went into it. I am more shaped as who you want me to be than I was before the problem surfaced. Help me, Lord. Strengthen me. Strengthen us all today, Lord Jesus. Enable and equip us all, we ask in your mighty name. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, New mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you for your presence here with us today. We thank you for everybody who's chosen to spend this time with us uh, and be part of our church family today. Bless us as we go and be with us and enable us to walk in your truth. Amen. Amen.